0: All right. So, yeah, uh, as I said, uh, uh, after we finish up here um, this morning, we'll have plenty of opportunity to connect with them, hug their necks, say thank you to them for all that they uh, have meant and done for us uh, as a church body. If you came uh, in this morning, hopefully you got a worship guide. Just want to say welcome, especially those of you that if you're here for the first time with us. Uh, we just want to say welcome. Thank you for being here. You no, know, it takes a lot of guts to come to a new church on a Sunday morning. We're very, very glad to have you. If you're new, uh, we have a gift that we want to give you, just a way of trying to say thank you for coming. So what, what we do is in the chair back in front of you, you'll find a connection card. If you'll grab it and fill it out. Then in this foyer you right back over there's a table. It's our welcome table. We'd love just to connect with you there briefly. We have, a gift, again, a small gift, just a way of trying to say thank you. We're really honored to have you, uh, and we'd love to be able to make that connection with you. Again, that's at the end of our service. Uh, most most of you came in, you got a worship guide on the back of the worship guide is a place for you to be able to take notes. But when you came in, uh, hopefully you also got this sheet. I need everybody to grab this sheet right here. Hopefully, did you get one? If you didn't get one, raise your hand real, real quick just so you can see it. So raise your hand real high if you didn't get this sheet that says New River Small Groups. Uh, we've been uh, kind of coming together uh, and, and uh, saying, hey, one of the most important things in all of life Uh, as we see just declared clearly in scriptures that we're meant to walk in life together, that uh, we come into the, if you will, the temple, so to speak, to worship and, and the people of God coming together to worship. But there's another step of living life together. And so we're excited we have multiple groups for you to be able, we do that through small groups here. The way that we live life together in a very real and authentic way is we come together in small groups on a regular basis, meeting every week or every other week, coming together to pray, encourage, challenge, lift each other up, be with each other in life. And, uh, and it's the most, I don't think there's anything more important in the life of a believer than having other people that can spur you on because we all have great days and we all have really awful days. And it's, It's having people who love you to walk with you and celebrate with you on the great days and get into the dirt with you on the dark days that is so meaningful. And so we want you to be able to have that. So what we have here are multiple groups that are lined out. Uh, Most, I'd say most of the details, we might have a few more details that we can align for these groups. But if you're not in a group, you can grab that same connection card in the chair back and say, Hey, can you help me? Uh, jump into uh, one of the small groups here at our church. And so that's how you do it. The, the way you can connect with one of these groups, you can either email uh, info at com and just say, hey, help me find a group. Or you can grab one of those connection cards and just fill it out with your information and say, hey, Um, I'd love to be in one of these groups. And as you can see, some are built for families and great with kids, and some are built for those that are finished with that kid phase of life. And then we have a men's-only group that meets on Saturday mornings. And then uh, uh, we're going to be doing that freedom group again as well on Sunday evenings uh, starting September 8th. And so we'll get all that information to you. Most of these groups are going to be launching here over the next few weeks, so this is your opportunity to jump in. We would love love, love for you to be in one of these uh, communities, small group communities. And, uh, and we'll do whatever we can to try to help facilitate that for you. Does that make sense? Good. Awesome. All right. Okay. Everybody grab your Bibles. First, uh, not first, first Philippians. That's not a thing. Philippians chapter one. That's what I meant to say. Philippians chapter 1. If you didn't bring a Bible, there should be one near or under the chair near you. We want everyone to be able to have the Word of God in their hands. Oh, thank you. (laughs) We do need to worship God through, thank you, through through tithes and offerings. We want to worship Jesus. The the truth is we can't turn the lights on if we don't have that. So um, there are a few things we need to take care of. Uh, and, and I just want to say this, our family, you're so, so amazing to take care of the needs of our church. Thank you for doing that. I know all of our members have made a covenant with us just to help say, God, what is God called New River to be in this city? And then... Uh, and what, what way can we partner with that? So i just thank you for doing that. If you don't do cash or don't do checks, there's multiple ways. You have a couple different ways you can grab even your phone right now be able to give that way. If you're new, you don't need to feel any obligation for this at all. Uh, our ushers are going to come and uh, pass those baskets. If you get a basket, grab it and pass it along. Uh, next to you, we'll get it all the way across the room here. Okay, now Philippians chapter one. We have been uh, in this series Called Mastermind, and we're just asking the question, God: What do you have to say about our minds? How our minds work, and what do you want? To, what is the work that you want to do? What is the work that you want to accomplish uh, in our minds? And so we've been asking that question. We're in the middle of this series. It's been, I think, a really uh, good series so far. And so I'm just going to pray and ask for the Lord to help uh, continue to further. Uh, his vision for our minds and our thoughts and how we think um, in the days ahead. So, let's pray. Father, you're, uh, you're so faithful to us. So faithful. We see and know and experience your faithfulness all the time. And sometimes we see it and sometimes we don't. And I'm praying that today that we would without question be able to center our minds on your goodness regardless of the circumstance or regardless of the moment that we might even be in in this life we really want our minds we want our thoughts to be in agreement and alignment with you who you are and what you say That's the most important thing we ask this in jesus name amen amen so the core idea that we just shared over these last few weeks is: Listen, if you if you don't and c- won't and can't, if you can't change your mind. You can't change your life. That in order to change the trajectory of our lives or the ways that we think or the, the things that we would like to see happen. If we aren't willing to change our minds, we cannot change our lives. And the reason is this, is because our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So whatever is the most prevalent, the prevailing thoughts in our minds, whatever's the strongest way of thinking in our minds, that's the direction that is going in our lives. So that If we find ourselves really negative, pessimistic, sad, uh, if we find those emotions, those thoughts uh, as prevalent over our lives, that's moving us in a particular direction. That's what we've seen, and that is the truth for every person in here. And what we even said last week is, listen, if, if we actually live unintentionally with regard to our thought life. How we process life, how we see things, the thoughts that we have. If we live unintentionally, our minds will wander toward the lie. We'll just automatically we saw it in scripture. We'll constant, what we'll find is we'll lean toward being Uh, conform to the way that everyone else thinks, the way the world thinks. And so if we're not intentional with our thoughts, we'll lean the direction toward the lie. Or maybe another way to put it is we'll lean toward the thing that is negative. We'll lean toward the thing that makes us feel insecure. We'll lean toward the place that makes us fearful. That's the the leaning if we live accidentally, if we aren't intentional with our thoughts. And you can find this in a hundred different ways. Now, Confession time. I was thinking about, like, what's a normal way of, uh, like, a a, a way of thinking? What we talked about, even uh, we've talked about a couple times is uh, what we tend to do is if we can't keep the same thoughts over and over and over again, what happens in our minds in a very physiological way is we create neural pathways for thinking that way. So that the the moment something happens, a, a situation arises, something that maybe isn't great or something that's negative... If we train our minds, if our minds have continued to go down a negative train of thought, then immediately when something happens, we'll go down that same uh, train of thought. And we talked a little bit last week about how to begin to not go down and renew our minds toward thinking in a different way and creating new neural pathways in our mind. So I think, well, what's, a, what's a thought process I have that I, I know that God wants to fix? And I was like, I knew, it immediately came up to my mind, and, I, and my family can vouch for this. This is bad. This is bad. I happen to be a pretty impatient driver. <laughs> and um, what, that, what I mean by that is, if I perceive anybody to do bad things on the road or to drive badly and, uh, or to make bad decisions or basically just to do anything that I think is wrong, basically at all, then I immediately, there's like, I've got, man, I'm telling you, I've got a neural pathway that I'm immediately like, who on earth gave you a license? Like what is wrong? I mean, I'm just like, immediately I'm just feeling the thing. Like what on earth? are you know, And I just total judge. I'm just, and this is just a hey, pastor confession time, but this is just a thing. Like I've got this pathway and my wife has called me out many times, especially when it's in front of the kids, which is not healthy um, and needs to be prayed through. But anyway, so I've got this like thing where I just, I'm, I'm just ready to judge all the people on the road. You're horrible. All right? You just don't know what you're doing, and it's bad. And I'm just telling you, Here's what this is the thought that God brought to my mind, as I was actually thinking on this this week, is that if I were to see those same people and just connect with them at, at a park or at Target or whatever, I don't know, not Target, I don't know, does people talk at Target? Maybe Starbucks, maybe, I don't know, but you end up just like connecting, you're standing in line, you strike up a quick conversation, you know what I'd be thinking? Like, hey, what, who are you? What's going on in your life? Do you have a spiritual family to be a part of? Like, it, you know, do, hey, do you have a church? You, I'm just thinking of like the a normal things I might be talking with people about and just trying to find, I would just be like trying to, uh, what I'm thinking is this. If I met them any other place than on the road, I would be thinking, I want you to be a part of my spiritual family. That's what I would be thinking. But if I'm on the street, I'm like, destroy you. That's my, and that's like, I'm going, that is wrong. There is a way of thinking that is broken. This is not okay. There's a neural pathway that has to be fixed. And I'm just telling you, if you're not intentional with it, what you do is you go down the negative road. Now, maybe you're not as psycho as I am with that thing, but there's, everybody has some ways of thinking that are a little bit broken. And I'm just going, listen, hey, if I let my mind wander, I can be a jerk. But if I get intentional with my thoughts, it's easy for me to go, man, what is God actually doing in someone's life? There's a different way of thinking. There's a way. In fact, I would say this. God has a way of seeing everything. I mean everything. God has a way of seeing everything. He has insight. He, and I say that he doesn't just have insight. He's the king of all of it. He's moving and orchestrating. There's nothing that's happening that is outside the wisdom and the counsel of God. Everything that you and I are going through, God has a perspective about it because as we just finished saying, he never stops working. He's actually moving all the time. God has has a thought, if you will, if you'll allow me to even use this term, it's not a right term, but God has an opinion about exactly what you're going through. He has a thought about it and here's what's so powerful he isn't just ha- he didn't have just good he doesn't have he doesn't just have thoughts he's designing he's moving and working and the call we're going to see from scripture is he's asking us to open up and ask him god what do you think about this what do you have to say what are your thoughts about this situation we want to open ourselves up We talked about this last week about having our minds renewed and setting our minds on things above and just saying, God, I want to begin to think the way that you think. If you have thoughts about everything, then I want to know what you have. What are your thoughts about me? What are your thoughts about the people around me? What are your thoughts about the situations and circumstances that are in front of me? But God, I want to know what your thoughts are. And we begin to renew our minds and say, God, would you begin to change the way that we think? Now, that's awesome, but we live in this world where things happen that we cannot control, right? That there are things that happen in life that we cannot control. We call them facts, just things that happen that are indisputable. They happen all the time, things that take place that we can't stop or even bad things or even painful or hurtful things or experiences that happen to us. And there is a way of seeing these things. See, every one of us have a particular lens, every one of us. We all have lenses. And in fact, I was thinking about this because... Uh, some of some of you uh, wear glasses. In fact, most of you have sunglasses, right? These are my sunglasses. Do I look awesome? So awesome. I've never had a, a lick of gold on me ever, or like brass, or I don't know. What's the color? What's the color? It's gold. Okay, sorry. I don't, I don't even know. My... my <laughs> My in-laws got these, uh, my uh, in-laws got, I've never never bought these. I wouldn't buy these for me, but I I feel pretty cool in them. But my in-laws bought these for me, actually. Right. And we all we wear these we wear glasses and we we get these things and we typically will get a set of lenses. And what we're actually looking at is what do they look like on me? Right. Because you you're in the store and it's got the little tag and you're putting it on your face and the tag is hanging there. Right. And you're trying to imagine what you might look like sitting in the vehicle. Right. With the tag sitting down on your nose. We all have a set of lenses and we all, it's unique. In fact, I'd say we probably have 100 different ways of looking, uh, having lenses or 100 different pairs of glasses we could all see and look at, right? You have an external way. But the truth is, the point of the lens is to help us see rightly. Some, some of you, if you have sunglasses, it's just to help you uh, to remove the glare so you can actually see what's happening on the road. Some of you have prescriptions because... Uh, You don't have any business driving without that prescription, right? Just a little bit scary, right? But you need some corrective ways of seeing things. But every one of us has lenses. And here's the truth. We will all come to places, things that happen in our lives, if if you will, experiences that we have that are hurtful or disappointing are negative, and we have lenses by which we see those things. Have you ever noticed, and here's a question: Have you ever noticed this? That one person sees a particular circumstance one way, and the exact same, and that like, like little, little miss to letting us know she's got a way of seeing life right now, and that is, feed me <laughs> or whatever, right? Or change this diaper. Somebody do something for me. All right, that's awesome. And I, that's, I love Robinson, love that sweet baby. Hey, she can let us know whatever's going on, man. She's welcome here. All right, I want you to know that. All right, um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, lenses, all right. There's a way of seeing, uh, something can happen and the kind of lens that you have actually determines how you see it. It's the same thing can happen and two people completely and utterly interpret it in different ways. You ever thought about that? You ever had like a, an annual review with a boss or something like that? You had a job where you had to go through a review process and one person is like, oh great, they're gonna judge me about like what I did and what I didn't do and I hate this and I feel really nervous about it and I'm not really excited about this annual reveal. This comes with, like the worst thing that happens in my life and this another person, same review and they're like, I cannot wait to find out what they think about me. Will it be, will it be awesome? Will they think I did do, I do good? Did, am I gonna get a, a raise, a salary boost? What, what's gonna happen? They're excited about it. Two, the same thing, two totally different ways of seeing things, right? You ever been stuck on an airplane? You get on an airplane and what do they say you're sitting out uh, you're sitting at and they're going hey we're sorry you're going to sit here for probably another half hour because there's like a mechanical issue and we got to work out and every, and there's you know I've literally been on the airplane and people are like, ugh, it's like it's the worst thing to have be stuck and sitting on an airplane and they're trying to get this mechanical failure. And so one person's going, This is the worst. I can't stand this, I just want to get home. And another person is thinking, I'm so glad they caught this mechanical thing, not in the middle of the air. <laughs> it's just not that big a deal. Like at the end of the day, we want to just be alive. And that's a good thing. There's same situation, two people seeing it completely differently. We all have a unique and different lens. Some of you had a good, if you will, a good father. You had a good earthly father who was good to you and kind and played ball and had fun with you. And, and, and that, that good father helped shape the way that you see God, our heavenly father. Some of you did not necessarily have good fathers. They were harsh or mean or absent. And so when you talk about God the Father, you, have a, you struggle a little bit to connect with God because of what your earthly father was like. God being the same, but the lenses being very different because of the experiences that we walk through. It happens every one of us. And what we'll see is that God wants us to begin to put on new lenses, a different way of seeing things, a way that is not in line with ourselves, but a way that's in line with him. He wants us to begin to reframe how we see life through these new lenses. We create a different way of looking at a situation. God creates a new way to see the people in front of us or the relationships that we're we're, we're in by changing the very nature of its meaning. This is what the Lord wants to do. I'd, uh, I, just uh, one experience I had of this, and or, or even felt this, uh, even this over the last few months, this past winter here, it rained. And it rained and it rained, it rained so much. And I remember thinking like, some people just like, oh, I can't stand all this rain and just like we're ready for the non-rain. But I just, I never had that thought because I'm from West Texas. I wanna show you what West Texas is. This is a picture of landing in my hometown in West Texas. That is dirt. That's what that is, that's dirt. I took that picture, I'm flying into my hometown last year. Uh, I took a, a picture just so everybody would see. And see, you see that little patch of green trees right there? That's because the farmer wa- hand watered those trees by himself. That's it. Everything else is dead. And that's that's the community I grew up in. All right. So when so when it rains here, I'm like, Amen, Lord Jesus. <laughs> there are places and. If you if you go out, this is the most beautiful place. So I see the rain and I'm going. It makes Franklin. Rain makes Franklin. It's awesome. It's green and there's like cows and they have something to eat. They're not like trying to eat each other. It's weird out in West Texas. They don't have. And you just you and you're just going. Hey, listen. There's two ways of seeing that. You can go rain. The rain's the worst thing in the world. You go rain makes the most beautiful spring and summer I have ever seen in any place on the earth. There's a way of reframing how we see things. And there's, the core question is, what is the lens by which we're viewing life right now? What is the way that we're seeing things right now in this place? Some of you thought, you might have been even in this place. You know, you know what? I thought I'd be at this place in my life right now. And I don't, I don't, I'm not here. I'm, I feel like I'm here. Or maybe you are feeling like I, I thought I thought my I thought my relationships would be here. I thought my marriage would be this way, but it's not like that here. Or, or we look at our, our the maybe there's something that we wish we didn't struggle with. I thought I would be over that struggle by now, but I'm I'm still right here. We have all of these circumstances that are going on in our lives, and we look at those things and we wish those things maybe were different and. Those, there are things that took place or things that happened that we couldn't control and we find ourselves not quite to that place. And the problem is, is we can't fit, necessarily change any of those situations, but what we can do is change how we see it. Move the lens, so to speak. This is what Paul does. And this is what we get to in Philippians chapter one, because what's happening is Paul's in prison. He's in Rome. He went to go preach, tell people about Jesus, and they put him in jail. And he's in jail, and he's wanting to check on and make sure that the church in the city of Philippi is okay. And he's writing this letter to them. And so he's sitting there under the palace guard. He's in chains, literally chained to a jailer all the time. And here is what he says about his imprisonment in Philippians chapter one, verse 12. I'll put it up on the screen. This stinks. I can't believe God is doing this to me. I'm trying to serve him and I end up in jail. I guess God really isn't that good. That's the JKV, that's just, just kidding version. Just kidding. That's actually not what he says at all. Sorry, just in case. All right, actually look at the actual verse 12. Here's what he says. I'm in jail, (laughs) sorry, that was so cheesy, but I don't care, I don't care. It's gonna get this point across. Now, read the real Bible, okay. Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard, and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. What does he mean here? He means this. Every eight hours, they're changing out the guard. And you know, what you know what Paul is doing? Every eight hours when the guard is changed out and somebody new is chained to him, you know what he's saying? Hey, dude, I know the king of the universe and he loves you. And he died on a cross and is alive and he wants to move in your life so that you don't live shackled to a Caesar who's insane, but to a king who's working for your good. He's preaching the gospel. Listen, Paul is in jail. He's doing exactly what God called him to do. It put him in jail. And there's two ways of seeing it. God, you're clearly have issues and problems. I wouldn't be in jail If the gospel was real, if God was good, I wouldn't be in jail. That's one perspective. That's one lens. Or he can have another lens, which is this. I'm in jail and I'm planting churches right now. I'm in jail and I'm letting the whole palace. He says, literally the whole palace guard is hearing the gospel. I mean, the reason that he went to Rome is he knew this. He knew if he goes to Rome and the word of Christ arises, it's going to change the earth. And he's going, okay, I guess your thought for me was you wanted me to plant churches from my chains. Cool. If that's your perspective, if that's your thought, if that's what you want to do, then I'm on board. But I know this, I'm putting the lenses on that is seeing what God is doing, regardless of the bad circumstance that I find myself in. When we are in Christ, life has a whole new meaning. The good, the bad, and the ugly, it all shifts, it all changes. We can't always control what happens to us. Sometimes we lose our jobs. Sometimes a spouse goes off the rails. Sometimes kids make bad decisions that are harmful to them. God has a way of seeing these things because, as we sung, He's always working. So there is a way to reframe, to put on new lenses, to begin to see what it is that God is doing. Lord, what are you doing and how are you working in my life? This seems negative, just like Paul, it seems negative, but it's not. It's not negative, he's working. Look at verse 14, because of my chains, Most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. So here's his testimony. I might be in jail, but guess what's happening? Everyone else that's been a part of the church here is growing in courage and strength. He's literally able to take his eyes off himself for a moment and see that God is building faith because of the station that he's in. It's a different lens. It's a different way of seeing life. And that's the call from scriptures, what we said last week. Whatever is good, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's beautiful, whatever's lovely, set your mind on these things. Set your mind on these things. There's a real way of seeing life differently. It's a saying in, uh, well, I don't know if it's in West, Texas, so you may have heard it before. I feel like it was in West Texas a bunch. They said it all the time. And the saying goes like this. If somebody spits on you, they don't make you angry. They just make you wet. So I know it doesn't, it's a little awkward, right? But I want you to think about it. Somebody spits on you, does it make you angry? The, the inclination is to say, oh uh, yeah, I'm finna deck somebody. So somebody spits on you, it doesn't make you angry, it just makes you wet. The question is, what are you gonna do? With, what this, with the circumstance in front of you. How are you gonna to react to it? There is a way of seeing life, good, bad, or ugly. There's a way, there's a lens that God wants to begin to give to us as a gift. And it, here's the beautiful thing. This isn't something that you and I actually have to conjure up. It's actually something that we ask for that's empowered by the Spirit of God. It's not something that we have to fix. It's actually something that we ask for as a gift. There's not a greater example in all of life than Jesus himself. Peter chapter, uh, 1 Peter chapter two, verse 23. When Jesus was reviled, he did not revile in return. And when he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Jesus Christ himself is walking through the most inappropriate brutal, harsh, demeaning moment a human could walk through. And in that moment where he has authority to call down angels, or he has authority to tell people to stop, he keeps himself before the Lord. He has a lens by which he's viewing. It is a spirit wrought lens. You know what he actually says on the, we know if, if you you've, Seen the passion, you've watched or read even the story of the crucifixion, you know what one of those things that he says on the cross. What does he say? He's hanging there on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. I'm just tell I'm telling you that Jesus, in the most unjust treatment on the face of the planet, has a different lens to say. Lord, there's a different, I have a different way of seeing this. You're working for, listen, Jesus Christ is on the cross. The Father is working for his good. Bringing him to being the one in which all glory and honor and power and dominion will be forever and ever. The name above every other name. He will be the focal point, the light for all eternity. Literally come from him. He understood what the Father was doing. He was was going through a painful moment, but he knew there was glory, that God was working for his good. And he's able to meet the Father in that place. Now, here's what, let me tell you why this is so powerful. Because Jesus isn't there saying that as God. He's saying that in that moment as man filled with the Holy Spirit. Meaning this, what empowered Jesus to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing while he's hanging there so unjustly on the cross. The power to, that he had to say that came from the same Holy Spirit that lives in you and me. Amen. Whatever power you and I need to put on new lenses is available to us right now by the Holy Spirit. It's available, it's here. It is for us to take hold of. And I just confess, my mind does not always work that way. And I'm I'm asking God, Lord, could I just begin to think differently the way that Jesus thought, the way that Paul thought as he's in chains? Could I begin to have a different lens by which I see the circumstances around me? Help me to live this out. So here's what I do. I'm just going to give you a few practical, like here's the question. How do we just practically do this on a regular basis and on an everyday basis? How can we begin to put on new lenses, reframe our minds? How do we do it? A couple of things. Number one, just be thankful for what didn't happen. Be thankful for what didn't happen. I, I remember one of the most uh, clear and like quasi tragic moments that happened in my life. I was 16 years old. I had just got, I mean, I just turned 16. It was like, I think nine days after I turned 16, I had gotten my driver's license. And uh, my parents couldn't afford to give me, uh, couldn't afford to buy me a car, but I had an aunt and uncle, they gave me their car, this little bitty bubble car called a Geo Spectrum. Y'all know what, it, I said Geo, and I was like, oh man, how did you fit in that thing, right? <laughs> just folded myself up and i got in that little thing right it got like 30 miles to the gallon it was amazing but it was tiny i had had my driver's i'm 16 had my driver's license for nine days i was late to school come to a stop time and i'm i'm looking what i'm looking for down the streets because uh sophomores could not park in the parking lot that was for the seniors Uh, and junior, so uh, the sophomores had to park on the street, so I'm looking for a parking spot, and I don't see one, so I'm gonna go over to the next street, and I immediately pull out, forgetting that you have to look both ways at stop signs. And a 1970 Dodge made of wrought iron steel (laughs) plows into the passenger side and destroys my bubble car. And I was shaking up, and got through the whole thing, and the cop, and sharing the insurance and all that. And I finally had a chance to call my dad, and I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, I've like I'm only nine days into this thing. They're never gonna let me drive again." And I called him up, and I said, "Dad, I was in an accident. The car's demolished." And his response to me was, "Are you okay? Are you okay? Don't worry about the car. Are you okay?" I'm like. Well, I'm calling you, I mean, I think I'm okay. <laughs> I'm a little rattled emotionally, but you know, but no, I, and, and he, ne- he never yelled at me, never got upset with me, never got frustrated with me, just cared about me. There's a couple of different ways to see that thing. And I just had a dad that was willing to go, hey, are you, ju- are you just okay? And he checked on me. I'm telling you, thanking God, hey, what he's thinking is I'm thanking God that my son was in a wreck but he's alive. Thank you, God, for what didn't happen. My son's life in peril. Thank, thank the Lord for what didn't happen. We can begin to trust him that maybe we might be going through something bad, but it might not be the worst thing in the world. Uh, guys, band, you can come up and we're just going to finish out here. A couple, uh, number two, sometimes we just need to get ahead of the curve. Meaning this, you might see something that's coming up in the days ahead that doesn't look good. Maybe you have to go to a meeting that you you think is going to be negative or there's something on the horizon that you feel fearful about. Get ahead of the curve by saying, God, I believe in your goodness and I believe you're going to lead me in it. I'm not excited about what's happening in front of me. I'm not excited about this meeting that I have to go to, but I'm not going to believe in the broken thing. I'm going to trust God that your goodness is going to walk with me all the way through that fire. I'm gonna get ahead of this thing. This is ugly, but you're with me and you have the ability and the power to carry me right through this thing. So I'm getting ahead of the curve on this thing saying, God, you're holding me in this and I'm trusting you. I believe in your goodness. There's a thought process that says, oh man, this is gonna be awful. This is gonna be the worst thing ever. This is gonna be destructive to my life. This is gonna be really disappointing. I'm, to, I'm, I'm really scared about what's gonna happen. Or you can say, God, You're walking me through this thing and you're a good father, you aren't letting me go. And I'm believing you. I'm trusting you for what's ahead. Thirdly, as we're about to sing again, we find God's goodness. Listen, if you wanna see bad, you'll see bad. If you wanna see negative, you're gonna see negative. But you can say, God, will you show me your goodness? I need to see your goodness. Let me see where you're working for me. It doesn't, it might not seem totally evident, but I'm gonna open up my hands and ask you the question. Show me your goodness. The truth is some of you have walked, or you might be walking through something really painful or difficult right now. You might be walking through something, you're going, it doesn't feel good, doesn't seem good. You might be in that place, the the, the circumstance does not look good right now, but God, would you show me your goodness? Let me see it right now. You're for me and not against me. You and I will find what we're looking for. Are we willing to ask that question? God, show me your goodness in the the dark place. That's what Paul comes to, he says in Philippians chapter one, in, in verse 20, just a little bit later in that same text we read, he says, listen, for me to live is Christ." And to die is gain. His his literal view on living or dying wasn't tied to himself or his ambitions for planting churches all over the earth. It wasn't tied to his ministry. It was tied to the person of Jesus. Lord Jesus, if you leave me here, I get to help people know you. Lord, if you take me away, then I get to be in your presence. But I know this, life and death, I'm not scared of that issue because I know you're good because I know you're going to lead me. I know you're going to be faithful to me. Church, we can interpret God through our circumstances, meaning we go through bad stuff and we let those circumstances define who God is, or we can trust God and let God define, let God interpret for us. And see that our, our circumstances are interpreted through the lens of the goodness of God. There's two ways of seeing it, two ways of living, two ways of walking in this life. I'm gonna tell you, God isn't afraid for you to ask the question when you're going to that dark place. God is not afraid of the question, Lord. Where are you? Show me your goodness. I don't. It doesn't feel like you're good. I don't see any goodness, but I'm. I'm gonna ask the question, Lord would you show God is not afraid in fact he's ready for that question with you I believe he'll answer the cry of every heart that's willing to ask that question Lord can I see it you guys stand with me we're going to sing this and just believe in the goodness of God and trust him and what I'm going to ask right now is would you be willing to ask God to begin to give you new lenses for how you view life a new way of seeing things for our minds to be reframed and changed and trusting him Father, I'm asking right now, would you just in this moment, even as we sing this last song before we dismiss, Lord, would you show us your goodness? Would you change our minds? We're just opening up our hands, God. We say we we need to see things differently. Help us to believe on your goodness, no matter the circumstance. Help, Help us to interpret our circumstances through your goodness and not the other way around. We believe in you and we trust you and we thank you. We ask in the name of Jesus. Let's sing this together.